the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. specific on the tax rate? You know, you look at our tax rates back in the 60s, and when you have a progressive tax rate system, your tax rate, you know, let's say from zero to $75,000 may have been 10% or 15%, etc. But once you get to like the tippy tops, uh, on your 10 millionth dollar, uh, sometimes you see tax rates as high as 60 or 70%. That doesn't mean all $10 million are taxed at an extremely high rate, but it means that as you climb up this ladder, you should be contributing more. What you are talking about. There you go, Carrie. So uh, there's the progressive left, right? Get ready for 70% tax rates again. Of course, that was. Of course, well, that was. Well, you know, oh, yeah. Who wants to work for that? Right. Well, that's, of course, is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Oh, my goodness. Is that the hardest name in the world to, to, yeah, to say? Yeah, they need, a, they need an, uh, a nickname for her. Well, oh, I can well, think of a few. Oh, there's a few out there, Carrie. <laughs> I'm, what, what, sure, you know, they, I'm sure some have been um, out there in my house. Uh, you know, uh, the, the best <laughs> one I like so far is Occasional Cortex. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Michael Savage, of course. There's plenty of. Um, uh, I'm just going to call her. memes out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to call her. Can I just call her Sandy? Well, no, that's the name she went by in high oh, school. Oh, really? I didn't and, know that. It wasn't actually too long ago, but um, yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna, you know, because that uh, it's just it's so hard to get out. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, you know. So I'm just gonna call her Sandy. Okay. So you know, Sandy, of course, uh, was promoting the new, uh, the Green New Deal. Okay. And we'll talk more about the Green New Deal in the upcoming year. Mm-hmm. All right, um, because. If you're going to vote for the Democratic Socialist, you better get ready for it mm-hmm. because it's coming. And, you know, there's and, and she's not obviously the only one who is signed on to the Green New Deal. Right. Um, there's good 35, 40 others. That's crazy. You know, including, you know, obviously Bernie Sanders, you know, who's been Democratic Socialist for a while. Elizabeth Warren, really the only one that's tossed her hat into the POTUS election right. officially so far. She signed on to it. Um, is, is also the, you know, the foul mouth one, you know, who was, 
I don't, I can't even say her name either. The the Michigan. Oh uh, yeah, the the. Yeah, we know the who new I'm talking. One, about. Yeah, that yeah. Was... She's she's all all on board for it. So you know, we'll talk a little bit about the green oh, or, or or the like. Congress will exempt themselves. It's like the the med, the uh, universal health care or but you know as long as Congress makes the rules and has to follow the same rules as they're um, implementing, making everyone else follow, maybe they would think differently. So we'll talk. Yeah. So if we actually have time today, I got a jam packed show though, Gary. But if we have time. Today, maybe we'll, we'll talk a little about the Green New Deal. Go ahead. All right. Good started. morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning between 9 and 10 a.m. We're sponsored by the estate planning team and Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that's been helping people for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. And we offer free consultations, free classes. Tune in. Um, um, and we'll tell you ways we can help and about our upcoming classes. One is actually next week on IRA, Roth, and tax planning, and we still have some space available, so make sure you register. And actually, for more information in general, if you want a consultation or classes, you can go to financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Also sign up for our newsletter with financial news and other um, helpful information, or we'll keep you posted on the classes there as well. Um, Or call the office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. All right. And you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. A lot going on, Carrie, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, and also, you know, in January, um, you know, a lot of times we like to review the financial, you know, results of the previous year. Right. So every week in January, we usually, you know, touch on one of the subjects. So you can always go back and listen to our podcast to catch the previous shows. Um, But this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about how did your, you know, 60-40 portfolio allocation do? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's a very, you know, it's been a very popular allocation. A lot of people say, well, how much risk do I need to be okay, right? Or how much risk can I take in retirement? Well, the 60-40 allocation, which is, you know, simply 60% invested in equities or and, you know, 40% invested in typically fixed, you know, non-equity, whether that be um, bonds or cash or CDs or something like that. I mean, and, and so in its simplest terms, it's, you know, that 60-40, you know, has been a true uh, a, a, a true good measure, you know, it's been. Uh, what am I trying to say, Carrie? It's, it's been successful. I right. guess is what I'm trying to say. It's you know, been effective. Yeah, through all ups and downs in you know market history, right? So, how did it do for 2018? Well, if to just keep it simple here, if we're going to set up the benchmark for the growth side, I'm going to use the S and P 500, right? Okay. Which is the typical. Uh, you, you know, for the equity side and for the fixed side, I'm just going to use the Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index. OK. And and now you can get more fancy than that. And, mm-hmm. and that's between you and your investment advisor. Right. I mean, if you want to get more fancy than that, but just as you know, for radio, let's just kind of keep it simple. Well, obviously, you know, and, and by the way, what did the 6040 do in 2017? Just for comparison, it did 17 percent. Wow. OK. Um, now, how did it do for 2018? All right. And, and, and what you got to do is, you know, what are you building your financial plan on? You know, what rate of return did you tell the robot to use? 
Okay, that's what this is discussion leads to. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are you are you are you able to, you know, uh, make sure that you're using conservative, realistic assumptions in your financial model? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, since, uh, you know, the the lost decade, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, what should my allocation be? Now, that's a good you know question or a good conversation to have with your investment advisor. Remember, that's not what we do at the estate planning team. We don't manage our clients' assets. We leave that up to investment advisors, and there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, now, all right, so how did the 60-40 allocation do in 2018? Well, the S&P 500 was basically down six and a quarter percent. Ouch, right? Yeah. Um, now, that was the shoe that a lot of people were waiting for drop, you know. Uh, but Now, how did the bond aggregate bond index? Well, that was basically flat, Gary. I mean, barely registered positive, okay? So, basically, how did the 60-40 do? Well, it, it was down about 3.74%, okay? So, did you, you know, when you were building your financial model a year, two years ago, did you model in a market correction? You know, that's what we've been talking about on this show for years. You know, no one, we're not saying you can time it. It's just the idea that, you know, are you building your alternative plan? Right. And that's what we do at the estate planning, whether it's some people thought it was going to be earlier. Some people have it modeled in in 2019. Some clients have it modeled in in 2020. It's the fact that saying what's the long-term effect when it does happen, it may change. I mean, that's with lots of variables of the plan, but at least you can see a modeled in scenario. Right. So but so let's look beyond either 27. So you have 2017 that was, you know, way up, 2018 that was negative. Let's kind of average those in in a little bit longer. Let's look at a five-year. So what's the rolling five-year average of the 64 portfolio? Well, basically, it's about 5%. Okay. Okay. What's the 10-year now, it's interesting because if you're going to the end of 2018 and going back 10 years, all of a sudden Ooh, the 2008's out. Okay. So you're beyond that last right. you know, major meltdown. Right. Okay. So the 10 years not looking too bad. 8.17%. Wow. Okay. Um, now, for example... Um, you know, what are some other, you know, is it, you know, it, and a lot of times we see double digit r- uh, rate of returns, you know, okay. In, in 20, uh, you know, in 2013, it was up 17% and, you know, 2011, it was up or 2010, it was up 10, um, 20, 2009, it was up 16 you know, so, you know, so historically, you know, the 60, 40, so is the six now, so how, so, but here's my point, Carrie. So maybe historically the 60, 40, a lot of people in the olden days, maybe assuming that that was good to get seven to 8%. Right. Okay. All we're saying is in the slower growth economy, maybe we can, maybe your investment advisor is saying we're getting to the end of a, uh, you know, uh, a bull, a secular bull market or what have you. Uh, we've had the low interest rates. They're starting to, you know, come up again. But now we've got indications that maybe the Fed's going to put a halt, you know, for the interest rate rise. But in either case, maybe in the slow growth economy, you don't want to use seven to eight percent. Maybe you want to knock that down a point or two. And maybe you use five or six percent. Right. So that would be one way to say I'm going to run a plan a little bit more conservative or a little bit more realistic. Right. And those are things that we do, Mark, uh, as far as at the estate planning team, where what you think of as traditional financial planners and model in not only several other scenarios, but different growth rates. 
you know, um, and what's going to work. And then we work with your existing financial or investment advisors, or a lot of our clients do their own investing as well and saying what's going to be a realistic conservative number in those projections. And the estate planning team offers a free consultation for people who want to come in and look at these issues. We help people working and who want to think about their future retirement years and or what are realistic retirement days based on the type of retirement lifestyle you want and helping people analyze through objective unbiased analysis the financial choices they face. And people in retirement and um, talking about how to create income as tax efficiently as possible, avoid potential problems, use the opportunities in the complicated tax code. And by the way, if you're someone, we have the free consultations, but if you're someone age 59 and a half or older, you have the IRAs, company plans or similar assets. And even if you're 70 and a half or older and taking minimum required distributions, we still have space available for our free educational class on Wednesday, January 16th at 3 p.m. in Middleburg Heights. And we're talking about these issues, rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions, showing you examples of minimum required distribution. And it may not be the best plan that you should be following. What are options um, for a different distribution plan? Roth contributions versus conversion rules. There's a free handout and workbook available for all attendees. Right. And and, and we've got the updated tax tables in the, workbook, know, in, in right. the workbook. So, um, you know, we had the main major tax law change last year, of course, the Tax Cuts, Jobs, and Relief Act of 2017 that took effect 2018, but we did have some bracket creeps and some of the things happened in 2019, you know, going to effect in 2019, right. including increases in what you can contribute, you know, to mm-hmm. your IRA or the 401k. So those are all in the booklet that, of course, uses to take that take home. All right. So if you want to register for that class or we have a retirement and tax one the following week on January 22nd at 6 p.m. in Middleburg Heights. Details are at financialfoodforthought.com or call the office at 440-239-2090 and somebody will give you a call on Monday morning. Right. And at the at the and if you're not if you haven't been to one of our classes before, you know, it may be a little bit different than what you have been to other financial planning classes. In other words, it's not where, you know, you walk in in a room full of lots and lots of people, we turn off the lights and turn on, you know, a PowerPoint presentation. You know, that's not what we do. This is we keep our class sizes small. We believe that's what leads to a good discussion. So that as much as there's two, two and a half hours, maybe more of material in the booklet, we try to, you know, tailor it to whoever shows up that particular class If it's small enough that we can kind of zero in and see what everybody has a chance to talk about what they came to hear. That's why we're somewhat different than a lot of other classes. And and that's why a lot of our our people keep coming back to the classes because they tell us, you know, Mark, it's different every time. Right. You know, even though it's, you know, there's obviously there's some overlap going on, but they say the overlap's okay because I need to hear that two or three times, you know. And so that's, you know, so we've gotten a good response. And our, you know, this IRA Roth class that we're having on Wednesday, that's been a real popular one. You know, more and more people are 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 coming up to you know the idea that you know, I, you know, if boy, you know, it, by the way, if the Democrat socialists ever really get into the power, right? <laughs> you, you know, a lot of people that may gonna, affect your tax rate, and it may what it who's who wants to work at those higher wages if if even if fifty percent of my wages are well, taxed. it's only going to be the tippy top, right? Okay. Yeah, sure, but well, okay, or yeah, what do they call the tippy top? Um, but you know, when but you, in order to but, pay for yeah, all the things socialism but, wants, it's going to be right. that tippy top is going to get like. The, Carrie, do you want me to spend the half? next hour on the the, <laughs> the Green New? I'd love to do it. Uh, oh. I, trust me, we're going to talk about the Green New Deal. Oh, I don't know if we're going to get to it today. Uh, we'll see.
Uh, if you quit interrupting <laughs> they me, they should Carrie. call it the black deal. It's bad. Oh, you know, it, well, you know, the you know, black like a black well, plague. You know, Sandy wasn't the one who came up with it. Obviously, you know, uh, Thomas Friedman was talking about it a long time ago. Carrie, you know Thomas Friedman, right? So he wrote a New York Times article in 2007, and let me just kind of read you a quote. Uh, if you have, and so this is Thomas Friedman talking about the green vision. Okay. If you have to put a windmill in your yard or some solar panels on your roof, bless your heart. But we will only green the world when we change the very nature of the electricity grid, moving it away from dirty coal or oil to clean coal and renewables. And that is a huge industrial project, much bigger than anyone has told you. Finally, the New Deal, if we undertake the green version, it has the potential to create a whole new clean power industry to spur our economy into the 21st century. Sounds good, right? But until you add up the cost. All right. What was I talking about, Gary? Um, well, before I broke, you were talking about the market and returns. and Yeah. No. Yeah. So the 60-40. Yeah, the and by the way, if you're running a 50-50 allocation, you just redo the benchmark, assuming only 50% in the S&P 500 and 50% in the aggregate bond index, and then you can rerun the numbers accordingly. Um, no, I, I guess I was talking about, um, you know, building the model, you know, building right. your plan R, right? You know, so, so here's the point. So, you know, all economic models, you know, are, you know, they're often wrong. Right. But, you know, our model is unstable economic models are wrong more often. And that's what I keep saying is we're in very unstable economic modeling right now. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows. There's not a lot of consensus out there on whether we're really having a China trade war or not. Right. For every one article, one side, you find the same amount right. on the other side. Uh, we don't really know if the Federal Reserve, you know, Jerome Powell is going to, how many times he's going to raise interest rates this year or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, these are all, you know, I think, I think Powell's losing friends every time he speaks. Okay. Because he's, he seems to be flip-flopping. Um, now, a lot of people say, well, you know, you know, he was he was. He, so they asked Paul a question this week, Harry. Are you worried, concerned about the growing U.S. debt? Hmm. I would hope so. Who, um, who wouldn't be? OK, so here uh, I'm very worried about it. Paul said at the Economic Club of Washington, D.C. From the Fed standpoint, we're really looking at a business cycle length. Um frame of reference you know okay you know so um the you know the the long run fiscal non-sustainability of the u.s federal government isn't really something that plays into the medium term that is relevant for our policy decisions hmm so what what is he saying there carrie so see see a lot of people are saying sounds like he's careful with his words. Well, see, a lot of people <laughs> saying, you know, remember President Trump was going after him because he was saying you shouldn't be raising interest rates right now. And we, the, the economic, you know, uh, strength is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't call, you know, it doesn't it doesn't call for that right now. See, the problem is if you're worried about the U.S. debt problem now, where do you see it when interest rates go up? OK, so that's why there's a lot of pressure for the for, for the powers that are out there to have the Federal Reserve not raise interest rates. So now the idea is, you know, is the Fed that that puts the Fed chairman in, in a pickle. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, he do they do what they think that should be done and and, and unwind the balance sheet and and, and or should they uh, uh, say, well, no, we, we can't. We, the debt is already high enough. If we raise interest rates, it'll be high. So he kind of kind of said both sides of the story. He kind of said, well, yeah, it worries us, but we really don't. You know, the, the I love his term. The non-sustainability of the U.S. federal government isn't really our concern. Hmm. Well, that tells really? us a whole that's lot. Really? That's not very comforting. Unstable economic models are wrong more often. All right. Um, so uh, what else is going on, Carrie? Um, all right. So, Carrie, quick question. How do you become the richest woman in the world? Oh, I know where this is going because I did read that article. You divorce the richest man, right? Right. Um, I so, saw that this week. We talked about it in the office. I haven't talked about a Maison in a while, have no. I, Carrie? Um, well, there's no shortage of things to talk about that company. No. Um, so Jeff Bezos, you know, is, you know, getting divorced, right? Uh, and a lot of people are worried if you're an Amazon shareholder, that may affect you. Because, you know, what the attorneys, you know, no one knows if, uh, you know, him and McKenzie had a prenup, right? And, I, but you know what? I don't know how they could because... When you read about it, they both started with nothing. I mean, they did. They both yeah, started out together. She years. was his first employee that helped him build the business. So I don't think they right. had. I mean, and assuming that they're going to file for divorce in their resident state, that's Washington, right? Is um, it a fifty-fifty state? Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, community property. Um, it's going to be you know fifty-fifty. And see, the thing there is, all of the wealth is in Amazon stock. Right. But he also owns quite a bit of land. Right. But but I don't think there's enough land to offset half of the value of the stock that yeah. she's going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, this is assuming they don't have a prenup, you know. Um, but the uh, now a lot of, the uh, you know, and so what they're saying is, would he have to liquidate to be able to, to offset? Or is he going to give her 50, is she now a controlling partner Maybe. in Amazon? How does that make you feel as a shareholder? Mm. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, and I, you know, of course, I think Lauren Sanchez will, will, you know, stands to be the world's most expensive mistress. I believe so. Well, she's got to divorce from her husband first, right? Right. Yeah. I think that's just a mess. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's not the only thing Jeff has to worry about, um, you know, the disconnect between, you know, him and McKenzie. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, there's another disconnect here. You know, a lot of people say, boy, I wish I could work for a Maison, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're, they're the ones. Remember last week we were talking about the living wage, you know, right. the $15. Because we can't say minimum wage anymore, Gary. It's the living wage. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay, and and so Amazon, of course, has gone to the fifteen dollar, right? Right. Um, so a lot of people are saying, "Gee, remember they're building right here in Cleveland. They're building right. some of these, and everyone wants to go to work for Amazon." Well, be careful what you ask for, right? Because there are some people right now who've been working in the Amazon, and they're not so happy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I thought robots are working at Amazon, Mark. Well, they, they say they're being treated like robots, mm-hmm. and they're saying that's the whole point. We're not robots. Okay, workers at Amazon Fulfillment Center Warehouse in the United States have started organizing and pushing towards forming a union to fight back against the company's treatments of its workers. 
They employ 613,000 people, Gary, and that's not, I think, okay. including the 100,000 during Christmas time, right? Um, they overwork you, and you're like a number to them. You know, during peak season and prime season, they give you 60 hours a week. In July, I had a prime week and worked 60 hours. The same day I worked overtime, I got into a bad car accident because I was falling asleep behind the wheel. Hmm. Okay. Um, here's another employee, you know, stating, you know, how much they work you. Right. You know, um, when you're in that warehouse. Okay. Um, I so you know, they have to be more supportive toward their employees, said another Amazon employee in Staten Island. Right now, at that fulfillment center, if an employee is a picker, that's someone who goes right, around goes and, and gets and then okay, fulfills the They order. want that person to pick up four hundred items per hour. That's crazy. That sounds like a video game that's, of people running through like one every seven seconds. I bet all their those people are fit. And if you, you don't, don't even go to a gym anymore, and that's why they're saying we can't even go to the bathroom. No, there's no. I mean, because the the, the guard they're like guards standing it over. Sounds us. like you run. Of course, Amazon a statement. To claim Staten Island workers want a union is not fair representation of the vast majority of the employees at this site. Okay, we are not robots. We are humans. They keep you know coming back. Um, okay. Um, a lot of workers aren't even comfortable going to managers and it has a lot to do with the rate. Okay. There's an obsession with rate. That's this 400 per, you know, all right. The rate people have to make every single hour, every hour it's mentioned. If a, if, if a person isn't doing well, the managers will pick on them. Um, you know, Amazon said it did not recognize these allegations. Um, we of work hard not. every day to ensure all our employees are treated fairly with dignity and respect. You know, and so the yeah, other they thing want to too, fulfill the order. They get bigger. Right. And so, no, the new headquarters is going right. to be in, you know, long, you know, long, right. So now the, the city's worried because, you know, um, and I think it may be a conspiracy why they don't want them going to the bathroom, right. Gary, because what they're worried about that the new $25,000 workers that are moving right. in, if they start flushing the toilets, so there's going to be a flood. Did you oh. hear this? Great. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, so so now um, there's a serious concern that what's going to start happening when 25,000 Amazon workers start flushing toilets. Who would think of Well, I guess somebody would think about that. But. Okay. Um, because they're saying the sewer system in Long Island City, Queens, isn't exactly <laughs> updated. Up to code. <laughs> Okay, and you know, you know, um, and already Long Island residents say backups and overflows already happen whenever it rains hard, and twenty five thousand more Amazon workers will only make the problems worse. Okay, so you thought you had problems? Um, now Bezos already said he'd give the city ninety five million to help the new sewers. Maybe They're saying not. He that's better, a drop in the bucket. Yeah, he better watch what he's giving away because he may um, need it for the divorce proceedings. You know, and and they're saying some buildings in the area, Carrie, already have signs: "Don't flush the toilets if it's raining." Oh goodness! Oh. All right, um, it's a health hazard. Um, oh no! Yeah, so we'll see. Um, so you know, does that? affect you in any way well i think you know it, it's the idea the one is that if you're looking for an encore career it might not be at the amazon warehouse you may want to look for something a little less stressful um two uh if you know we don't now remember we don't make any stock recommendations on this show um but you know could there be some turbulent times coming ahead for mm-hmm. amazon i don't know i think everyone's hoping that there's going to be an announcement saying that the mckenzie and jeff have made an agreement that there won't be a shareholder fight yeah we'll see
But regardless of those things, there's things you can control and things you can't. And having a financial plan, a written detailed plan is something that the estate planning team helps our clients with for whatever life throws at you, whether it's market volatility, modeling rising health care cost, um, premature death of a spouse, early retirement, whether it's forced or planned um, or gifting or helping out kids, whatever that is, we can model those things in and see what's possible, what's not, help people analyze the financial choices they're facing with whether it's pension elections, timing of Social Security, you know, designing an effective distribution plan from your IRAs, company plans, or similar assets. And then also I was thinking long-term care is another one and modeling those things in and saying what's realistic, what's not, what kind of spending can discretionary spending really can you do and how much can you not and what growth rates do you need to make that happen? Is it a high high growth rate or can you base it on a conservative realistic one? Um, we've been helping people for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area we're accredited and A-rated members. We're super service award winners at Angie's List. We are accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. If you want to get information, we offer the free consultation so you can see how our process is different. We sit down with you like our plans. Our fees are customized. We have hourly and retainer options. Um, we offer a free consultation by phone or in person. So you can take advantage of that. Call the estate planning team office at 440 440- 239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Also, don't miss our January planning classes. They're the first one we're going to talk about financial news and the 2018 tax law changes in and how they relate to the topics we're doing. Next week, it's not too late to sign up. We have the IRA Roth and Tax Qualified Asset class on the 16th at 3 p.m. in Middleburg Heights, January 22nd. At 6 p.m. is our class for retirees and people nearing or thinking about their future retirement. And to register for more information, call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. All right. So what else is going on, Carrie? Well, we're still in the winter solstice shutdown, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And how's that going? I think there's no progress. Um, How does that affect you or does it? Well, if you were waiting or expecting to get a quick turnaround on your tax return to get that refund that you're expecting, it may be an issue. Mm-hmm. Now, the the White House and you know other government agencies have said no. The IRS right, is, is, is going to you know they're they're not going to hold up the refunds. And but the problem is, who's working at the IRS right now? No one. You know, and and I don't know. Um, now, and by the way, did you hear much from Charles Reddig? Nothing. You didn't. Okay. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I had to search for some okay. quote because you know, if you don't know, Charles Reddig is the new IRS commissioner. Right. Okay. He was um, appointed. Well, you know, uh, you know, chosen by uh, President Trump, and then Congress finally got around to confirming him. You know, it happened a little bit before the end of the year. Okay, Chuck Reddick. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I I don't envy his job you know, by, by any means, um, but I had to search for what he said about it. So here's his quote: "We are committed to ensuring that taxpayers receive their refunds, notwithstanding the government shutdown. Um, I appreciate the hard work of all the employees and their commitment to the taxpayers during the period. And and I, you know, don't blame the IRS workers." They're, they have a job. Right. And now they're going to have to come in when they're not getting paid 
so you can get your refund. You know, here that you know, would be tough. Um, you know, and my point is, why are you getting refunds? Right now, if you come to our class, the retirement class, we'll talk about the retirement rules that you may want to consider breaking. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them, by the way, the old rule that it's better to get a tax refund on April 15th than to owe money on but April 15th. But how many people say, well, we have clients that say, but it forces me to save money. Well, quite frankly, there's better ways to save money. Yeah, let's go down that path for a minute. <laughs> um, but I mean, also, it, you know, if you're not sure, you know, just to finish my point, you it's OK to owe money on April 15th as long as you don't owe too much. If you owe too much, then you could be charged an underestimated tax penalty. Okay. And if you're not sure what it means by owing not too much, that means you don't understand the safe harbors. Mm -hmm. And if that's new to you, come to our classes or come in for a consultation or call up your tax preparer and ask them to explain to you what the safe harbors are about. There's only two of them. There's the previous year safe harbor and there's the current year safe harbor. And by the way, if you are scheduled to make a fourth quarter estimate, also do, you know, on the 15th, and this is something that maybe last April your your robot because maybe you're saying, "Mark, I'm not using a professional tax preparer. I'm using a robot." Mm-hmm. You know, a TurboTax or, you know, a tax cut, whatever, one of the robots out there. Um, well, you know, the problem is the robots may be, you know, making some assumptions that are no longer valid, especially because we've had a, ta- a major tax law change in 2018. Mm-hmm. And there were withholding changes, you know, that your payroll department did or perhaps your pension department did with even out you without your input. All right. So there's a big question about there is are there going to be a lot of people who are going to be underpaid, a lot of people overpaid in either case, if you don't know and you're scheduled to make an estimate or maybe you don't think you owe an estimate, but maybe you should be making one. You're running out of time. So one of the things we do at the estate planning team, as we always say, is we help coordinate with our clients, other advisors. Mm hmm. All right. Um, and a lot of times, you you know, we sometimes, Carrie, we get the question or the, the comment from our clients. I don't even know what questions I need to be asking my other advisors. Well, you know what? We do. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, so but hopefully they're saying so, you know, uh, yeah. And, and now let's go down your path, Carrie, because maybe there's a better way to save. So so here's my. Yeah. So let's So because. Maybe instead of um, and and I and I would go out on a limb and say, Carrie, a lot of people really think they're going to save their tax refund, but what do they really do with it? Right, they spend it. Spend it. That's why I said for vacations. Are look at the amount of advertising that goes around tax refunds, cars, furniture, travel. I mean, you look at billboards around our area. Absolutely. There's always a marketing thing around tax yeah. refunds. I have an idea that American taxpayers spend their refunds. I would guess that's true. Um, I now, would guess based on marketing of big companies that that is quite true. Now, um, now some will do the right thing and maybe pay off some debt and all that good stuff. But you could have paid off the debt earlier, I guess, because basically by waiting around for the refund, you've given the government an interest-free loan while you're accruing interest, interest by right. and say, well, I'll pay the debt off later. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No. Okay, now, so let's go back. So let's say, and, and this is the, the, the problem. In other words, you're saying, well, Mark, I don't know how to, to know how much withholding I should be doing. Well, that's why, you know, we help clients. But, you know, the idea is because let's say you're still working. 
And maybe instead of, uh, you know, having more withholding from your payroll that you're just going to end up getting as a refund, maybe you ought to be putting that into your 401k pre-tax. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, so you don't get a big refund on April 15th, but yet you've got more money into your retirement plan because you're trying to get that up. Mm-hmm. And you got to start, and and we've been, you know, saying for so long, it's 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 the time in there, it's it's a compounding in there, so you don't even miss it when it comes out of your pay. You weren't missing it when it was being withheld to the government, and and then you you like to get the refund and spend it. Well, maybe let's put it into your form. By the way, if we're putting that pre-tax in, guess what? We're actually lowering your tax, so maybe that lower tax you can spend. That's what we're trying to do. You know, that's the coordination of advisors. That's working smart. That's what financial planning is about. You know, and, and it's, you know, don't ask your neighbor what they're doing. You know, you, you know, you, you know, we're. Remember years ago, we had somebody said, well, my barber told me yeah. to do this for financial planning. Um, you know, you know, you got to sharpen your own elbows and, you know, you've got to look for opportunities in a very complicated tax code. And you got to start building a formal financial plan. And the idea of a financial plan is not something you do once, print it out, and stick it in the sock drawer for 30 years. You know, I mean, quite, you know, we've always say, quite frankly, by the time we print out the financial plan, it's outdated before the ink's dry. But it's a good start. It's good yeah. to measure because for our right. clients right now, End of December, January this month, we're sending out our net worth update schedules or sending or reminding our clients to get us their year-end statements because we want to compile the complete statement of financial net worth because then we compare it to the plan. We thought you would be here, 12-31-18, according to the plan. Are you ahead of plan? Are you short of plan? Are you down because of the market? Whatever the reason is. And then how do we adjust going forward? What cash flow do you need for 2019? Right. So so the idea of the financial planning is not the model you build once. The idea is that you that's the discipline of knowing when do I have to change my plan based on some reality that, you know, now replaces an assumption I made. Or, you know, Mark, I even too, when somebody consistently maybe use very conservative, they were conservative in their growth rates and they were over and their expenses, they overestimated. Well, sometimes we have a few clients I'm thinking of that over it took it maybe took 10, 15 years where they saw they were ahead of plan, ahead of plan. And finally, now they're spending on the travel. They're finally comfortable because they weren't spenders ever, which is why they did a great job of accumulating. But now they're spending. Now they're going to Florida, which they never did. Instead of two weeks, now they're going two months. They're buying that car they always wanted to. They're spending money, but it took time to see the reality of, hey, I'm ahead, I'm ahead, or I'm on track. Well, yeah, it's it's a concept, Carrie, that a good financial model puts you in a decision-making mode. Mm-hmm. See, other people without a formal financial plan are really just winging it. Right. Think, and you're well, never going to... I think I the, can take that trip to Hawaii. But then it makes you make emotional decision and really never gives you the peace of mind. Right. So also at the beginning of your career, a lot of times, you know, if you if you um, come to our IRA Roth class, you know, we'll be this week. We talk about, you know, all the rules and the required mm-hmm. minimum distribution rules. And, and if, if, if you're not sure of those, come to the class or listen to our past, our you know, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they can just go to, you know, WHK 1420, the answer and click on local podcasting. Yeah. I think there's a button, right? And, 
and find us financial food for thought. And we've got what about you know twenty, you know about twenty previous weekly episodes. Um, now, um, but a lot of times, Carrie, we get the question: Well, Mark, I've got my required minimum. How do I take it? What do you mean? Like over what time period? Yeah, they, like it's a question. It's like, well, I don't know. How do I do it? All right. Okay. All right. Um, and it, it's like, well, the, the the concept is is our pat answer. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, well, it, it's it's like, well, do you do you want the quick answer? or Do you want the right answer, Gary? Okay. Right? You know. Um, but the idea is, you know, it's not the concept of uh, there's just one way to do it. Right. It depends. Or, by the way, the way you do it this year might not be the way you did it in previous years. Mm-hmm. It might not be the way you do it for the next 25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Each year stands alone. That's the same idea of the financial modeling concept. You don't do a plan once and never revisit it. It's the same thing. You say, well, how do I take out my required minimum distribution for the next 20 years? Well, I would say, well, which year do you want to talk about? This year or next year? Okay. Or 10 years from now. It changes. All right. Um, now, let's get, you know, so one way, you know, so, well, it's like we say, well, you, 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 you know, they're like, well, how do I do it, Mark? And say, well, you call your custodian. Right. And they're, and they're like, well, how do I do that? It's like, well, do you, if you're using an investment advisor, call him or her. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're just buying mutual funds on your own, it, there's right. an 800 number on your statement, right? Okay, look for the letter that they're going to send you because you know a lot of times we get this anyway. It's like, well, hasn't your investment advisor ever you talked about this? And they're like, oh no, I you know my investment advisor never talked to me about taking money out of the IRA before I'm 70 and a half. Hmm, I wonder why. Um, now, but let's say so. Call them, all right, and then and then, and then they're going to send you some paperwork. Now, some may say we'll do it right over the phone. Others say you have to sign some paperwork, Mrs. Smith. And then, and then, then the question is, well, well, how do I fill out the paperwork, Mark? Well, you're, if it's your investment advisor, they should help. If okay. it's a toll-free number, ask them to help. Okay. Um, and Although so then they consult your tax person. Okay. And so you know, um, and you know, and first of all, if you're just waiting for the required minimum distribution, you definitely want to come to our class this week. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not so sure you want to do that, um, but come to the class or come in for a free consultation. By the way, if you come in for the free consultation, we'll use your numbers. And show you. Um, what it means to follow the requirement of distribution over your lifetime. Not just knowing what it is the first year. Okay. Um, well, and I think people are shocked when they come in for the consultation. They give us those numbers. Really surprised how much money over your cumulative lifetime you can pick, but we just default to the government tables based on life expectancy. How much you actually get to spend over your lifetime? How much ends up going to the government and taxes, and then what's left over? Right. That's an eye opener if you've never seen that projected for it, you. Okay. Now. So let's get back to this. Okay, so now you say, okay, well, maybe you, you, you know, when do I take it? When do I do it? How do I do it? When do I do it? Do I do it in January? Do I wait to December? Well, one of the things is, well, when do you need the money? Do you have a cash flow concern? You know, you know, you know. And so a lot of our clients, Carrie, they take it based on their uh, their calendar of when they need money. A lot of times they have an expensive month. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's when they got to pay real estate taxes. Right. Maybe there's another expensive month during there's the year. Ma- right. 
Okay. Um, so, you know, now no, we also have clients, or you may be at home saying, well, you know, I don't need my required minimum because I, I, I don't want to go to Hawaii and, and I don't need a new car and, and, and I've fixed all my house up. I don't need anything to fix up in the house. And, and my kids are fine. They don't need any money. And, and my grandchildren are all going to get scholarships to college. So they're not going to need any money. So I don't even need my required minimum. Okay. Well, now that we could talk about, well, do you, you know, do you believe uh, if let's say, assuming that your, your IRA is invested in the market, do you believe the market's going to go up or going to go down during the year? Okay. Because if you think that the market's going to go down during the year, Maybe you want to take it out and lock in the gains before the market drops. Okay. If you think it's going to go up during the year, you may say, I want to wait and capture that, you know, upside. Right. But what if I don't know what the market's going to do? So then maybe you want a dollar cost average. Okay. So maybe you say, I don't want to pick the one day during the year or the one month or the one quarter. So I want to do it systematically. And sometimes we're going to go, we can do that. We can do it. System- yes. You're not, if you don't know the answer to that, you're not having adequate discussions with your IRA custodian. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, do you know what questions you even need to be even asking them? All right. Um, now, by the way, if you're thinking of doing a Roth conversion, it's almost the exact opposite thinking, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a Roth conversion, if you think, you know, if you say, I'm going to do a $5,000 Roth conversion this year, do I do it in January or do I do it in December? Well, the idea is, you know, you got to be careful because the Roth recharacterization isn't available that means anymore. That the do-over if you make a mistake. So that may over. lead you to say you might want to wait till you're sure you want to do it and surprise are done the year. But let's say that's not the issue. Okay, well, if you think the market is going to go up during the year, you might want to do the Roth conversion now. I mean, assuming that you're going to invest in the same animal. You're just going to move it from your IRA to your Roth IRA, right? Right. So if you think the market's going to go up, you might want to do the Roth conversion before the market goes up. Because now you're taxed on the day you do it based on the value of the day you do it. Then all that growth is income tax-free. It's income tax-free. There you go. If you think the opposite, if you think the market's going to go down, maybe you want to wait. And do the Roth conversion. Right. <laughs> and can, in other words, if you're not trying to time it and think it's going to be, I mean, you're not going to sell ahead of time, but you're also, you know, you know, think it's going down. So, you know, it, it could be. All right. So it's the idea of saying, okay, um, now, okay, so let's say you're going to take it out systematically. Um, well, do you do it, carry monthly? Do you do it quarterly? It you do it semi-annually? You, you do either. Okay. Um, you know, and a lot of times, Carrie, too, we get the idea, you know, we're talking about estimated tax and withholding. A lot of people say, well, how much withholding should I do? Well, don't ask your neighbor that one because I don't know if your neighbor has got the same tax return as you do. Probably not. Okay. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you want to ask your neighbor how much withholding they're doing on their IRA. Now, Here's some of the things. If um, if you you know if, if you have a company plan like a four hundred one k or four hundred three b, there may be a mandatory twenty percent federal withholding. Okay, matter of fact, that's a that's why a lot of people don't like leaving their money in four hundred one k's, Carrie, because they don't want they don't like having to pay you know to pay twenty percent right. withheld when they know they're not even in a twenty percent tax bracket. If it's an IRA, an individual retirement account, you don't have that mandatory federal withholding. Okay, so you can make an election. Um, 
What about Ohio withholding? Because we're still living in a state that has income taxes, right? Um, well, you know, you have to, first of all, you better ask your custodian if they support Ohio withholding. Okay, now the pensions will support it, mm-hmm. and obviously your employer, but but as it's an IRA, you know, the state doesn't require them to support Ohio withholding. So it's purely a customer service if they do it or not. Right. All right. So you have to ask, you know, do you know what questions you need to be asking your other advisors? Um, Now, so now you could start saying, well, um, you know, if if, when should, you you know, we could put a a couple concepts together, Carrie. One would be, so let's say you're going to, you say, well, Mark, I'm going to need some withholding, I think. Okay. But I'm not sure. Because I haven't even filed my tax return for last year yet. So I don't know if I'm getting a refund or if I'm going to owe. All right. Okay. So what do I do? Well, you know, here's the idea. So here's a concept. You know, a lot of times if we have a clients, Carrie, who have got a, a income need, a spending need, and they need their IRAs for that, we say, well, just, you know, take out of the IRA, you know, especially in the first half of the year, without doing any withholding. Okay. Um, and the idea is saying that just take out what you need for spending. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't worry about withholding. All right. Then when the return gets done, you get it back from your preparer. If you're doing yourself with one of the robots, let's find out, you know, whether you're getting a refund that you can credit carry for it if you want, or that you owe money, you know, mm-hmm. or now you know what your previous year safe harbor is. Right. So now you're a better position to know how much withholding you actually need this year. In order to avoid a penalty. And now you're just going to say, I'm just going to now make up the withholding for my IRA distributions in the second half of the year. By the way, I might hold off and doing one final distribution in December and just do the withholding that I need at that point. Right. And we have some clients that even do 100% federal withholding later on. Because they've had multiple IRAs, maybe they save that one minimum at the year end so they don't have to do estimated payments. They right. use the other ones for cash flow. Right. And they use that other one for federal withholding. Because a lot of times you really don't know whether you should be following the previous year safe harbor or current year safe harbor until you get to October or November. Because you know what? Surprises can happen. Now, of course, I know a lot of you out there are saying, well, Mark, I'm not planning any surprises. <laughs> I always love that. Um, you know, but, you know, but the idea, see, and here's the thing, as long as it's withheld, you know, by December 31st of the year, the government treats it as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. Okay. Which you can't do the same for estimated payments. Right. If, if you can't add up all your estimated payments, say you owe 2500 each year and then pay a check to 10000 January 15th. You're going to right. get a penalty. Right. They time the quarterly estimates. It's really easy for them to keep track of that. You're sending them a coupon in an envelope with a date on it and a, and a check with a date on it. It's very easy for them to time those, and they do. Withholding doesn't work that way. You know, d- regardless of how many IRA distributions you systematically take out during the year, there's just one 1099R that goes to the government that says this was your total distributions for the year, and this was the total withholding for the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, Um, so now 
So the, you know we have yeah. So that's a way that you can play. You know, in fact, we were working with a client. You know, we we work with our client CPAs. We uh, a case came up this week, Carrie, and that was the issue. The client was we were on the phone with the CPA talking about the fourth quarter estimate that's due next mm-hmm. week and whether we want to adjust that or not. And the good news is, based on the latest numbers, guess what? They don't have to make the estimate. Isn't that a nice January 15th? Okay. Be active. You've got to remain active in retirement with your financial planning. It's not a once and done. All right. Now, so with this, um, so in this case, we're talking to them and we're like, and by the way, and then the taxpayer went on the client and, you know, and said, well, I'm got, I'm, I'm, I need to start taking out money now again in the new year for my cash flow in retirement. So I'm taking out IRAs. Well, how much withholding should I do? Now, the return, even though we have an estimate, it's not really going to be filed for another three months. Right. Right? So, I, you know, and that's when we said, well, well, no, you know, you know, let's, you know, right now, you know, and, and, and we said, because he was thinking he had to take money out of his IRA, Carrie, to pay the quarterly estimates. Well, that'd be a bad idea. Because he didn't have enough cash flow to pay what he thought the quarterly estimates were going to be. Right. And it's like, well, no, here, why don't we, do, why don't we get away from, you know, with the quarterly estimates, right. let's go to the withholding on the IRAs and we'll do that in the second half of the year. Because if you know, you got to take the money one way or another for, for cash flow from the IRAs, do what you need for cash flow in the first half of the year. Don't worry about making right. quarterly estimates. And then just at the end of the second half of the year, do the withholding. Now we're talking about effective planning. Those are things the estate planning team does. Take advantage of the free consultation or come out to our free educational non-sales classes talking about planning strategies and concepts on January 16th is the IRA Roth and Tax Qualified Asset Planning Class at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights or January 22nd at 6 o'clock is the Retirement and Planning one. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. See you at the class. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.